0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PR Not BS podcast with me, Fiona Scott. Hope you're enjoying the series so far. Joining me today, I have a businesswoman and a friend. Those two words go hand in hand quite a lot, businesswoman and friend. Um, Lisa Berry, we've known each other for a good few years now, uh, but I'm going to let Lisa introduce herself. So uh, welcome, Lisa. Lovely to see you. Thank you
1: very much for having me Fiona. Um, it's great to be here. Thank you. So um, I'm Lisa Berry and I run a business uh, called Cheeky Little Prince. I set it up in 2009, so quite a while ago. It started off um, more based around sort of children's jewelry, um, capturing fingerprints, hand and footprints in silver, and that quickly um, evolved into a lot of people asking me about pets um, and capturing their paw prints in silver. And as the years have gone on, that became a lot more popular. So a few years ago, decided to niche down specifically in the paw prints so my main aim is to help pet parents keep their pet with them forever basically Um, that's done through inkless paw print kits that i send out to people so they can capture their pet's paw prints with ease they've got that to keep and then i can then capture that unique paw print in silver jewelry i also um, have a new range of jewelry as well which captures a small um, amount of your pet's fur or precious keep uh, cremation ashes in jewellery as well so there's a lot of um memorial aspect to it as well as uh you know capturing in the memories that you've got now with your younger pets
0: i mean i've used your services a couple of times haven't i lisa we've got the paw print of our rescue dog jess who's been with us for three years now and also sadly in our family we had a puppy that died very young and uh, immediately i thought when that happened out of the blue i thought i need lisa yeah. And um, this is really just to explain to people who are listening how important these seemingly unimportant things are. And uh, we went through a load of photographs to find um, the puppy's paw print, which we did. And you were able to capture that for me, weren't you, Lisa?
1: Yeah, and this, it doesn't have to be done with a specific paw print kit. It can be done with like a photo of a paw, like you say. I've done some with um, photos that have, of, of paw prints that have been left in bedo, or even concrete or snow. Um, you know, sometimes that is what all people have, because we don't necessarily think about capturing our pet's paw print now, because we expect to have them for a very long time. But obviously, as you say, you know, puppy was so young. Um, I had it happen to me with our cat, she was only four and a half and we just lost her just like that all of a sudden. um, I had her paw print already but so many people get caught out with it because they just don't think they need to do it now or they assume it's a memorial thing to do when actually it doesn't need to be, you know, you you should be doing it now really rather than
0: waiting. (laughs) I totally agree if you have a pet and you love them and it doesn't even need to be a cat or a dog you've done different types of animals haven't you Lisa?
1: Yeah, yeah. so I've done um, guinea pigs I've done mice um, the most unusual one was um, a tortoise that I captured a footprint of a tortoise um, so yeah even a squirrel um, over in New York for a four print stamp so yeah it can be any pets that you have really um, mostly it's cats and dogs but obviously you know ranging in ages but Yeah, lots of different animals can be done.
0: I think people massively underestimate, particularly if you don't have pets, how devastating it is. Only this week, one of my clients has had to have her dog put down. She's 13 and I immediately sent her a message that night because I knew. And in fact, I offered you, I offered to get her because I said you know now it feels too much to think about but in a few weeks time you'll be really glad that you've done something and you've got some kind of memento memory that that pet mattered to you
1: yeah yeah it is it is devastating and people don't think straight and like I say you've got a small time frame and a window to to be able to do some of these things um when we lost Tiger I, I had a paw print but luckily I asked them to take some fur as well um, for, for, the, for the boys as well because you don't think about that you know so I do quite often get people when their pets are really poorly contact me and I, I say to them right you know ask them if they can get a paw print if I can't get a kit to you in, in time you know I can work from a, a photograph ask them to take some fur um, because it's these things that people just don't think about at, at the time because you're just devastated.
0: We had a cat for 16 years before I knew you, Lisa. And I always remember she she had a great life with us. One day she had a stroke at home. She was 16. I took her to the vet. She had another stroke and passed away. And I left it at that and I came home. What I hadn't appreciated, because I didn't think about it, but I and thought about it that evening, was the impact on the children. Because she'd been there their whole lives. And suddenly she was gone. They hadn't been able to say goodbye. And I just think that people need to consider not just the impact on them, but children, if children have grown up around pets.
1: Yeah, it is a massive thing. And something that I'm kind of looking into at the minute maybe is how I can support people because people do ask me, you know, how do I approach this with my children? Because I had to think very fast um, when we lost Tiger and we'd only just lost my granddad two weeks before. Um, And yeah, yeah she she was run over um and it was very difficult to try and explain to them and I couldn't let them see her either I had to wrap her in a towel because it just wasn't appropriate um and to try and explain to them and they're all where are you taking us well I need to take vets and obviously they have never experienced any of this before so it was just all new to them and then I obviously had to try and explain cremation to them as well um, which was a very difficult thing to do but Fortunately, in one way I'd already been sort of looking up and researching because I knew that my granddad was going to be cremated so I did have a more child-friendly explanation to give them but had I have not had that I would have been you know rooting around in the dark to try to explain without causing them even more upset and trauma um but yeah it's it's something that is very difficult and you you can't hide from it either you still have to be honest with them because they need to understand and, and losing a pet is quite often a child's first experience of death as well
0: yeah that that is so true that is so true um but moving on as i think what we've done there, just talking a little bit about that we've actually done some pr because we're showing that the power of a business is in the people in the emotion that that business creates almost more than the product or service lisa
1: yeah i'd agree and um that's something that i've Focused on when I've been communicating with people as well is actually otherwise sometimes people don't understand why they need what you offer and stories as you know are obviously very important in in conveying that because people relate to it um, you know trying to explain a product people might not relate to it however if you're explaining how someone has lost a pet um, or they they've been very poorly and you've offered them a, a keepsake to keep and you've guided them through that process they will often relate to that because maybe they may have lost a pet in the past and have realized the emotions that that's caused them and how they've tried to sort of cope with that um and maybe you know they may have wished that they'd have done something different for what they did um, but yeah it's about relating to, to the people to be honest
0: okay then moving on from that lisa what does pr mean to you in your business
1: communication really um in all sort of forms it's how you're communicating with people sort of online as well as face-to-face um communicating what you offer and how you support people um it can be you know your relationships with other businesses as well as um as well as customers if you like um you know I've had various um coverage um which you've helped me with in the past for different um, publications, which is all obviously to do with PR. Uh, but I think most people assume it is just, you know, talking to media outlets and newspapers and radio stations and things like that. But it isn't. It's, it's how you communicate on a daily basis and how you put your
0: brand out there as well. Excellent. I'll give you an A star for that. <laughs> but actually, when it comes to the media, Lisa, I mean, when you first heard PR, i find with many business owners and particularly women in business or women who work from home or women who work around uh, caring responsibilities they can immediately get a bit scared and think oh i can definitely not do that it is far too expensive did you sort of does that resonate with you
1: yeah 100% um i think when you're starting out on a business or even when you've been running it a few years you've got such a lot of expenses to try and cover and you end up prioritising based on what you think you you need um, and I think it is kind of scary to start off with speaking to sort of media outlets because you think or oh, maybe they'll only want to speak to bigger companies or companies that have got bigger budgets um, and I think it's that fear of putting yourself out there, um, the fear of how that's going to be um, accepted or how you come across uh, and If you perceive something to be too expensive, you just tend to think, oh, I'm not big enough for that or I don't need that. When actually everybody needs PR, because unless you're communicating with people, you're not going to have a business or any any customers.
0: In my world, I tend to explain PR, which is public relations, by the way, not press relations, um, as being visible. It's about being visible.
1: Yeah. And you can do that in so many different ways.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But also be invisible appropriately with and that's where branding and messaging and all of that comes in isn't it
1: yeah you have to be careful you know what you say and um you know if you've got opinions on things that's fine as long as you're prepared to stand by them and um you know they're appropriate to your business as well and and your personal life because you know we're, we're all a mixture of that aren't we you know how you conduct yourself personally comes across in business as well because we are very visible on social media and things like that
0: Quite often, I will speak to business owners, and they'll some say something like this: Lisa, they'll say, "It's not about me; it's all about the business." Um, what would you say to that? Now that you're more than a decade into your business, um, it's rubbish. <laughs> to be honest, um, you are your business. You are,
1: you know, even even when you're much bigger, you still are your business. That's your name, and especially if you are operating it on your own or you've got a very small team, you are still basically the business. So your reputation is just as important as the business, I would say.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Another A star for (laughs) you. Doing really well today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, look, we're coming up to Christmas. It's December now. Um one of the things I talk about to my clients, if they're a product based business, is Christmas comes a lot earlier than December. So for you in your business, when is Christmas on your radar?
1: Most of the year, to be fair. Um, Definitely from the summer onwards, uh, because I need to be doing all sorts of things, you know, planning out what promotions I'm going to have, looking at what stock I need and ordering that in, you know, as early as August time, Um, especially at the moment with the pandemic. It has affected supply chains. It's affected me, um, particularly at the beginning. There were a lot of things I just couldn't get because some of the jewellery, um, you know, chains, things like that, they come from, from Europe and obviously everything just shut down. So I had to find alternative suppliers. I've had to keep things in stock more in advance than, you know, just in time ordering, if that makes sense. Um, so it, it, it is it's something that I have to consider. And obviously, depending on what promotions I want to plan in and when I'm going to do those, that determines some of the stock that i'm going to need um and it's uh, you know i've had it this year where some of my um some of my products i haven't been able to offer because the um a business i collaborate with had a bad flood um so that's obviously changed things so there's always you know, the unexpected that happens. Um, So if I can be as organised as possible in terms of post as well, I had issues with posts last Christmas. Um, So again, that's got to be factored in. I always tell people to order earlier rather than later anyway, but there's always a lot of people that order, you know, late and I'll do as many as I can. But there comes a point where obviously, especially if it's not local, is whether I can get it to them. Um, International post as well, I have to think about that on the Etsy shop, um, about when I'm going to be able to post up until because obviously if people order their products they want to make sure they
0: get there in time i think there's a lot of discussion about that at the moment Lisa, generally in product-based businesses because i've ordered two things from etsy recently four birthdays well in advance and neither turned up oh wow for the birthday um which is um upsetting for me but of course as a consumer you're going to go back and say i want my money back and and that that product might be in transit
1: yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, Royal Mail had a lot of issues, even just in the UK. I mean, some of the things I was posting out first class, you know, some of them were going up north and arriving the next day and some going to Sirencester down the road and taking 10 days to arrive. You know, you can't you just can't legislate for that if they've got staff issues. And I mean, I think a lot of businesses are running on skeleton staff at the moment. And I wonder whether some of it is being used a little bit as an excuse um, as well to sort of get away with less staff. Not all, obviously, um, but some of them is going to be sickness. Um, some of them are just trying to manage on less staff and that obviously reduces service levels. And, you know, that does impact everybody as well.
0: So if during this period of time now, in the run-up to Christmas, you were offered some media coverage, would you take it, Lisa?
1: Depends on what it is, to be fair, and what it what it's around. <laughs> but yes, my, provided it was appropriate to the business and, and it was, you know, I was able to offer my opinions on it then yeah
0: brilliant again right answer so tell me tell me some of the coverage you've had and around what issues or subjects that stick out mostly in your mind
1: it's been a range really um I had some really brilliant coverage for my 10th um, year in business which was fantastic looking at how the business has evolved over that first 10 years um, and that sort of form of blogs and also newspaper articles um, and, and online which was fantastic lots of local outlets pick that up um, I've had um, coverage on an award that I won a year ago for excellence in customer care which again was fantastic and I find as well that a lot of the local papers really want those good news stories because unfortunately there's enough bad news out there and enough negative stories actually people do want to see good news um I think people assume that bad news sells more but actually we want to be picked up especially at the moment we want to see something that's happening or someone's achieving something um I've also had some really good coverage um on a story that was a couple of years back two or three years back now um where a girl lost her part-time job because she'd lost her dog and she phoned into her employer and explained that she was obviously absolutely devastated and didn't feel that she was able to but in a shift at work that afternoon so could they find um, an appropriate replacement and the employer was very unsympathetic and said well no unless you can find someone else to cover your shift don't bother coming back you've lost your job which was a horrendous attitude to take for someone that's just lost their dog um I would imagine the employer probably doesn't have a pet themselves so maybe didn't have that understanding but I'd argue that just because you can't put yourself in their position you can still have compassion for somebody else you know even if you're not a pet owner and um the story got picked up by many many different um publications all across the UK and um I started making some some comments myself um about my feelings on that you know pet um employers should be looking at pet bereavement um because it is a bereavement it's a Big thing for someone to take on, and if you're still expecting them to work but they're not actually in a fit state to work, you know, what if they make a mistake? Depends on what sort of job they do as to how impactful that is. Um, but also they could be um off work for a much longer period of time because if they're not given that support in that initial period of time, you could find they have all sorts of mental health issues later on, and you'll then obviously maybe have an employer that's on long term sick leave, so it's short sighted not necessarily appreciate what someone's going through
0: yeah i remember that story in fact i think i sent you something about it and said to you didn't i you need to be talking about this um and i will do that for good contacts in business but um have you noticed it's become a thing that's come up and again and again and again
1: it has yeah it has the the story has reappeared a few times and um not only did i have um some coverage in the um swindon advert And um, also a couple of other places, the um, Wiltshire Wiltshire Sound also um, messaged me and had me in on their radio station, which was awesome as well. And it just gave me that opportunity to discuss it. And a lot of their listeners were were agreeing that you know you need to have that compassion because you can't assume that someone's just going to be okay afterwards. And to care for your employees is a massive thing. And I think you know. We need to be looking at that in all walks of life as well. With you know, some people people go through traumatic experiences in their life, and they need that support because they don't. Then they could be making costly mistakes at work, and that could affect other people's safety as well. Really.
0: Yeah, I agree. And um, at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking about the impact of losing our own pets, yeah. and people may have thought that was a little trite. But the truth is, if we as pretty strong business women, and you have to be strong to work, run your own business, are so devastated by it. Why wouldn't we expect that other people are? And some people might deal with their grief by going to work. They may want yeah. to go to work, but some won't. Some won't be able to get out of bed.
1: No, and I think that's it's recognising that people deal with it in their own way, and it's not wrong to go to work and distract yourself if that's how you process things and it's not wrong to be feel that you can't cope with it you know and there's lots of emotions around pets and you know whether do you welcome and open your heart to another pet in the future you know there's a whole mixture of emotions that go on and and what time frame and it's yes it's it's very complex and I think people are a lot of people don't realize the the effect it has on people and Even if, like I said, you don't have a pet yourself, there's no reason why you can't be compassionate to somebody else and understand. And there's all walks of life with with any kind of problem, you know, someone that's had something else happen to them. It might not have happened to you, but you
0: can still offer them, you know, compassion and, and understanding. So, Lisa, we're going to look forward to 2022. What are your hopes and dreams for the business next year?
1: mostly growth really um i've, I've worked on the, the branding a lot um i've got a good set of products now um there'll be, there'll be some a few new um jewelry designs coming out particularly more around the ashes and fur jewelry which is which is exciting to be able to offer more um for those sorts of people and um yeah growth and and and, and accessing more more people really getting the getting the word out there um the paw print kits i do now i have available on a wholesale basis so looking at ways to expand and and help more pet parents really that's the big aim
0: at the moment well you know i'm i'm in your corner don't you (laughs) so what advice then would you give you imagine that our listeners will be startups sole traders maybe women thinking about running their own business maybe men thinking about running their own business product-based business what would you say to them that they should do to engage with pr intelligently what would be their first steps
1: I would say um, do some research watch other more experienced businesses and see how they do it as well Um, look out for resources um, you know from people like yourselves that have a whole range of products from either done for you PR or you know you've got a lot of educational workshops and your own online course things like that which I've done and found massively helpful um, for people that aren't maybe at the stage where they can afford um, you know a lot of a lot of PR um, help and done for you stuff so educate yourself and learn from other people's mistakes as well as their successes you know you can probably find examples of PR that hasn't been done particularly well um and and there's value in learning from it you know make your mistakes for other people I would say as well
0: it is a fallacy in business to think oh have only got a little business there'll never be any problems I'll never make any mistakes I'm going to do a whole podcast on that actually yeah definitely <laughs> okay Lisa thank you so much let's just tell our listeners how can they find you
1: Hopefully all over the internet. So um, I have a website, um, uk. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn via Lisa Berry. And I've also now got a top page as well, which I've just started up. So that's that's quite good fun at the moment. Uh, Pinterest as well. So yeah, it should be fairly easy to
0: find. hopefully. You? So you've got it there, listeners. Cheeky Little Prince. She can post all over the world. Is that right, Lisa? yeah cool yeah that's it and um you've heard it here today you need anything for your pets memorials you know where to go thank you so much lisa i'm just going to sign off myself thanks for listening in hope you've enjoyed today's podcast look out for the next one you can find me at www.scottmedia.uk you'll find details of my power hours my pr retreat various other things that i offer thank you very much and look forward to seeing you the next time